Hey y'all, Seth Bradley here. Thank you so much for tuning in and spending your valuable time learning with us. Absolutely appreciate each and every one of you. I've got a small ask. If you'd please just take a few seconds and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening from, it goes a long way in landing the best new guests for our show. That's it. Thanks again. Let's go. What's going on, Laud Nation? Welcome to the Passive Income Attorney Podcast, your favorite place for learning about the world of alternative passive investing so that you can have more freedom, flexibility, and fun. Today's episode, speaking of, is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to touch on a number of unique subjects such as investing in self-storage, investing in industrial assets, as well as how to invest using your current retirement fund, um, possibly a 401k that you have or a an IRA. We'll talk about how you can roll that over into a self-directed IRA. And then instead of relying on someone else to decide how where your hard-earned dollars go, you can decide yourself. You can invest those dollars into a syndication, into real estate, into your own business, um, the possibilities are endless once you get it rolled over into the correct vehicle so that you can take more control over your financial future. Now, to take us on that journey, we have an old friend of mine, Dan Krizanowski. He's an active real estate advisor, investor, and partner. He's raised millions of dollars across multiple channels, including accredited investors, family offices, and investment advisors, while empowering his partners to raise seven figures on multiple occasions. He's a smart dude. I've known him for a long time, a Wharton graduate. All right, without further ado, let's bring Dan on to the show. This is the Passive Income Attorney Podcast where you'll discover the secrets and strategies of the ultra-wealthy on how they build streams of passive income to give them the freedom we all want. Attorney Seth Bradley will help you end the cycle of trading your time for money so you can make money while you sleep. Start living the good life on your own terms. Now, here's your host, Seth Bradley. Dan, what's going on, brother? Welcome to the show. Hey, big guy. Great to see you. Yeah, great to see you, man. We we actually go back a, a good ways, especially for the you know the real estate industry. A lot of people are new, so this we go back a good ways. <laughs> I think I still have gray hair, but you know it's uh still looking, still still hanging in there. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's great to finally have you on the show, man. Let's uh let's dive right in. Tell everybody about a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background, and take it back as far as you want. Sure. Uh, you know. I, I grew up in Northeast Pennsylvania, uh, graduated in 2000. So, uh, you know, my claim to fame showing my age here is that we were one level of Kevin Bacon separation away from beating Kobe Bryant. We actually beat a gentleman, Donnie Carr, for the eighth grade state championship. So uh, that was a whole 30 years ago. Uh, <laughs> are hung up, but that will eternally be my claim to fame. Uh, yeah, I mean, like a lot of us folks are Gen Xers a little bit older out here. Everything was really standard. Uh, you know, top school, high name companies, uh, very, I'd say, status quo through 2008. And I, I preface all that, you know, suppose it's sizzle, whether it's Wharton or GE or Wall Street, that uh, my dad was a high school principal and my mom was a social worker. So the concept of pension and everything else was still very common, you know, even though, uh, you know, one day I might be with all the high political flyers on uh, Biden's Little League Field in Scranton, PA, or rowing with Trump Jr., both true stories. Uh, 
you know, but this has always been in my DNA. And frankly, that was okay up until like about 2008 when the world kind of changed. And obviously I felt we had another shift the last two years with COVID. But for me, I knew I didn't want to be in the greater Northeast doing the commute, the reverse commute, et cetera. Uh, my head and heart was for Austin way before the rest of us, you know, tend to have moved down here. And uh, it's been a good thing. You know, I've basically been an old sky for the past decade. And I feel very fortunate of who I've teamed with and who I've learned from uh, during that time. Awesome, man. Awesome, man. Tell us a little bit more about that, that, you know, those inflection points that you had, you know, kind of in, in 2008. And then um, I know more recently, um, again, but, you know, maybe jump into that a little bit when you started looking at um, looking at finances and kind of just the way of life a little bit differently. Yeah, I mean, for me, so out of dumb luck, I mean, I was with GE. So for our younger folks on the call, this is General Electric, which used to be the top company <laughs> in the world all of only 15 years ago. Uh, but, you know, from that, uh, we, uh, we had a taste of Austin for a year. So this is obviously nowadays, of course, the big capital shop's going to be in Austin too. Not 15 years ago, we were a four-person joint venture and uh, spin the globe around, see where we want to do an on-airport on cargo real estate project. Really cool. Uh, I almost stayed and worked for Republic Tequila, the bottles in the shape of the state of Texas. Uh, Ken McKenzie, a buddy, his wife is also from Guadalajara. Uh, but, you know, like they say, when you go against your gut, you tend to pay. So... It took us about three more years in the Northeast to get down here. And, and part of this was, uh, you know, much like when I traded on Wall Street, these companies are kind of nameless. Uh, and when you're at such a big shop, you wonder how much you can impact. And I'm coming from small town Pennsylvania. So my inflection point is a recruiter said, hey, do you want to be part of a company that says we're going to fight the war against the mega banks? And wow, you know, great idea. Um, yeah, we were throwing pebbles that evaporate versus, you know, big rocks, of course, but uh, it was a good experience to get me down here and kind of concurrently I started doing what's now called crowdfunding bars, restaurant investments, uh, giving out personal loans to female entrepreneurs, which has been highly successful. Uh, and then a fun fact, I was co-best men in a wedding. Uh, so for all of our Pete Davidson fans, it was the coldest day in Staten Island, the shortest day, I think December 21st. And, uh, the gentleman who I was co-best man with, I said, what do you do? He says, I flip houses. And I'm like, yeah. So what does that mean? He said, 15%. I'm like, oh. And then he said, did you know you can use your retirement dollars? And this was my light bulb moment because I kind of knew it subconsciously, but going full circle of, I don't want to be in the fidelity year 2050 fund. I want to have control of my stuff that I can do, you know, frankly, in this lifetime before I'm old in a chair uh, and make it active in my community. So, you know, this was a big one, uh, from there, Austin, uh, the first prop tech shop I was with was big into self-storage. And that's frankly been part of my story for the past decade. I felt, uh, I had the benefit of talking to hundred, 200 plus executives during my tenure at Sparefoot folks that I ultimately became close to, uh, they've since, you know, built a portfolio, sold for nine figures. Uh, I raised some capital for them. So kind of re-sharpen the sword, as they say, in this side. And then, uh, you know, finally I was on a plane to, and I, I always encourage folks, if you're interested in something, go learn from the experts. So I was on a plane to Money 2020, talked to a good friend, Henry Yosita, and said, hey, Henry, look at the storage deal. And did you know you can use your retirement? And, uh, you know, his, I think in his mind, he was always thinking, imagine if we can eliminate all this friction and people can have easy access to the retirement dollars. So you know, outside of my son being born on St. Patrick's Day a few years back, uh, from professionally, these have been the big kind of aha moments uh, that really has made me an old sky. 
I love that, man. I love that you have kind of done a complete 180 from, you know, Wall Street and, you know, your traditional pension funds to now seeing the writing on the wall and kind of coming to the, I don't want to call it the dark side, it's the light side. <laughs> Beautiful. Hey, we got a lot of light here. It's great. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit about your current businesses um, and what you do uh, with Rocket Dollar and, and also your, your fundraising. Yeah, so you, you know, with Rocket Dollar, and a lot of the, uh, a lot of your followers here know me from Rocket Dollar. It's a checkbook control self-directed provider, and uh, so I'm an advisor. I like to joke for anybody that worked for a startup, you gain 100 hours back when you move back to an advisor versus you know wearing three or four hats. And uh, but I love sharing. Particularly, a lot of us are self-employed. Whether you're a realtor or you do a little consulting on the side, uh, the solo 401k is the way to go. Or for us as sponsors that are coaching. Uh, to let folks know that, hey, you can use uh, your retirement dollars, but the checkbook control is going to save me and you both an hour every time you cut a check. So little things like that, I, I think, are part of an education. Uh, the benefit from being associated with the likes of a rocket dollar is, you know, I got to meet you. I talked to over 500 sponsors uh, during my COVID year. I think I invested with 10 or 20. And ultimately, being that I'm in Texas, I've kind of aligned myself with Texas. Uh, I'm in Austin, which is still relatively smaller, uh, finding the guys with great uh, partners in both Dallas and Houston that can offer institutional product at the retail level. Uh, that's what brought me to BV. So, you know, as we call it in the industry, the product's been great. I'd say a lot of very niche multifamily that with returns and a backstory kind of above and beyond the market. And uh, if you think of the whole stock bond portfolio, we teamed up with the top industrial shop in the state to uh, provide an industrial offering that pays monthly distribution. So, you know, we've had a fair amount of folks very humble that folks I've got to know them over time, whether through cash or IRA or both, and they've invested in, you know, three, four, five deals in the first year that I'm associated with BV. Yeah, I love that you, you've you invested um, along the way, right? I mean, you, with Rocket Dollar, you were talking to folks, talking to sponsors, and, you know, you're bringing in clients to, uh, you know, convert their traditional IRAs into, or their retirement accounts into solo 401ks or SDIRAs and telling them, hey, you should do this and you should invest in these deals. But a lot of times people, you know, they don't eat their own cooking. And they don't do it. So I love the fact that you were, you know, looking for your own investments and invest along the way. Yeah. And for folks looking to get in, you know, particularly, let's say you're in a, you know, probably a bit of a stressful, but, you know, say a pretty stable W2 job as an engineer or a doctor friends out here and such, lawyer friends, uh, you know, there's a difference between like and trust. And we can like each other on you know, Facebook, LinkedIn a hundred times, but trust is when money moves. And that, that's a mutual thing, both sides. Uh, and it doesn't have to be a big check. And I think a lot of sponsors, if you're sincere, say, hey, here's where I think I could be in five years. Even if it's, I'm just gonna do passive two or three deals and then own a thousand doors, et cetera. They're gonna be like, great, you know, we'll let you in below our minimum because let's get to, you know, there, there's some great benefit. You're like-minded. Uh, so that's one thing I would strongly suggest. Like anything you have to, uh, you know, drop a seed and do it. Yeah, for sure. So what, what are some of those deals that, that you liked kind of investing with your own dollars? And, and what do you kind of, I know you don't recommend investments to um, your, your clients, but let's say you did. What are, what are some of your favorite ones? Well, yeah, I mean, let's just talk about diversification. And, you know, once again, I'm licensed under BV. We are a 506C, so I could share if I choose to. Uh, like anything, I, I think it's good, particularly if you have the knowledge and you know the folks that you can mix asset classes, geography, duration, 
uh, something value add, which means, you know, in layman's terms, you're going to get a dividend versus development, which is almost like a startup. You're not going to get paid till the back end, but it is on real estate. But a lot of things can go uh, not so good because it's a longer cycle, et cetera. So, you know, with that, that's how I view diversification. We actually termed it at Rocket Dollar 21st century diversification. So outside of some of the startups, and as I mentioned, female entrepreneurs that I support, uh, some, I'd say, insurance plays that might pay the equivalent of a 15 or 20% coupon annually. On the real estate side, uh, I'm in a fair amount of self-storage personally. As I said, I, I think it's gone from a, we can talk, I mean, I can talk about this for a good hour, but I think going from a need, uh, I'm sorry, a want to a need, something you really need to have. Uh, likewise, industrial has been one of these, it's been on the top five list for many years of a subsegment of real estate. And now I think finally retail investors that many of us in our ecosystem are, are saying, wow, yeah, I think I want to get in this from a risk return standpoint. So, uh, and like anything for your initial chip, if it's somebody, you know, and, or you can literally put boots on the ground and walk the property. Uh, I think that's a great place for your first, your first check as an LP. Yeah, I wanted to go some, back to something you pointed out there. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about passive investing. Um, you know, a lot of folks, they want to, you know, jump right into active investing, or maybe they don't know if they want to invest passively or actively. But one beautiful thing about passive investing is that you can diversify across geographies, um, mm -hmm. across asset types, um, with different sponsor groups, um, different businesses, all sorts of things. Whereas if you're, you know, on the active side to do it well, you really need to concentrate on one thing and probably in one area. Um, so you're not going to get that diversification. Very true. Very true. Yeah. And let's jump in a little bit to the, the self-storage industrial. You know, wh why do you love it? I, I know you said you could talk about an hour for an hour on it. So let's, yeah. let's at least get it started, man. Why, why do you love self-storage? Why do you love industrial? And you can separate those out if you want to. For sure. Yeah. So storage, uh, as I said, the big thing is, it, you know, people used to joke, oh, it's uh, as my, you know, the older generation say, it's, it's your crap. You know, I grew up in the, it's, uh, pretty blunt about it. But uh, no, I do feel, especially from COVID. Uh, so let's kind of combine multifamily and storage and why it's a natural or any residential and storage, a natural extension. You know, a few years ago, you couldn't say three bedroom. That was a bad word. Nobody would ever move into a three bedroom. You had to call it a two and a den. Nowadays, good luck finding a three. Some markets, good luck finding a large two. So with that, let's say you have another child, you're gonna be home more. Uh, frankly, you don't wanna feel like a hoarder. Storage becomes not just a want, but a need. And I'm not saying, you know, your stuff, it's the whole surfboard versus surfboard versus ski analogy. You're gonna have some of that, the Christmas tree, but you're gonna have things that are very essential, such as your kids' winter clothes, your tax forms. Uh, it becomes a true part of your life. And what's the trade-off? Well, even if you can find, say, that third bedroom, you're paying probably at least a grand in most parts of the country for that extra bedroom. Uh, or you can pay 100 bucks for storage. So what are you going to go with? And a few folks, even a you know, colleague in your parts in California, tested the water that raised rents 80%. And guess what? Nobody walked out. Nobody left. Uh, and this is from the downtown MSAs, even all the way to secondary and tertiary markets. Uh, in terms of assets, you know, folks say, obviously residentials, if you think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but also, hey, I have a boat, I have something else. Well, you know, maybe I want a higher end storage or something different. I don't want to just keep it in some random lot somewhere. I want it something that's dedicated, it's protected, it has a gate, it has cameras. So, you know, with that also, as you think more secondary tertiary markets outside of just your typical five by five, uh, it's pretty powerful for storage. And then, you know, finally, uh, being that I would say, if you're an owner operator, commercial is a stronger tenant than a college student. Uh, 
you know, folks might be living smaller, but still need that space for their commercial goods. So that's why I love storage. And all, all of what I was just sharing, there's a lot of articles about the four Ds. The fifth D, uh, which I can't fully claim, although the idea was marinated in my head, you know, prior to COVID, is uh, is decluttering. I really think it's something, not just death, divorce, and a few others, uh, decluttering is a very strong, you know, something that folks feel good about and just becomes part of your life, how you're going to set yourself up. Separately, uh, let me touch a little bit on industrial and I'm happy to bounce into any points. I mean, industrial, yeah. I, I think high level, I mean, it's not going away. Most of us have an Amazon Prime or probably know the password for somebody. So, you know, you got something. E-commerce is here. Uh, politics aside, you know, especially in Texas or, you know, even California, the ports are here. Things are coming through. Uh, folks are coming. Things are coming through Mexico. Uh, it's not, industrial is not going anywhere. I mean, it literally what makes the, the country move. And I like to say for folks that don't know what industrial is, every other asset class that you can picture, you can picture a storage facility, a hotel, a multifamily, everything else kind of buckets into industrial, which, you know, it's the nuts and bolts of our, of our society to move our goods. So, you know, with that, I, I'm pretty bullish on it too. Uh, you know, particularly also if you have a triple net industrial, your tenant, by default, you're at 100% occupancy. You probably have a 10 to 15 year lease uh, versus most of you know our investment world is three to seven years. So, you know, with that on the GP side, if you find a good product, I think your investors are going to be happy. Attorneys, doctors, passive income seekers, I'm talking to you. I remember investing in my first passive real estate deal, the anxiety, the uncertainty of what I didn't know and what I had never done before. It was a lot of money being wired to someone I barely knew. Now, it all worked out, but that's not always the case. I would have never invested in that same deal today now that I have the knowledge and the confidence to know how to invest intelligently. And now with a combination of uncertainty and a flood of newbie sponsors in the market, how do you find the true experts that will perform and make your investment successful? For those of you out there looking to learn how to invest passively in syndications, We've been behind the scenes working on something very special. You don't have time to go through a six month course or to try to make a program designed for deal sponsors work for you. You want to be a passive investor, focus on your career and your family, but add cash flowing, appreciating commercial real estate investments to your portfolio. So you can practice when you want to and not because you have to. We've built a powerful passive investor program designed to teach you everything you need to know but nothing that you don't. It's a four week program, but if you really wanna make moves, it can be completed in just a few days with ongoing support as you make your investment decisions. Passive Income Pro is enrolling now with a very limited number of seats for each cohort, so you can get the hands-on attention that you need. Go to PassiveIncomePro.io to learn more. Yeah. Love that, man. I'm going to go back to, uh, you know, your talk about self-storage. First thing that sticks out to me is, is, you know, you have sticky tenants, right? I mean, sometimes the, the amount that you're paying per month, it just draws from their credit card and they forget they even have it. Right. And it's, and it's going to be such a pain to move that stuff back out. They're sticky. They're just going to leave it there and they just leave it forever. <laughs> uh, yeah. Even in industry vets, there's one gentleman, I see him every few years and I joke say, hey, how's that bike doing? It's from the eighties. It's in the middle of Arizona. I mean, talk about, and he's the expert, you know, talking about this and, you know, we were the Christmas tree family, you know, guilty as charged for many years. Uh, yeah. Even now, and the thing too, I mean, in storage, when you do, um, 
a rent increase, you just send out a little postcard. And historically, although some folks are doing it a little bit less than a year, maybe twice a year now, it'd be the middle of May. No matter where you live in the country, the last thing you want to do is spend a beautiful May Saturday moving your storage because you're going to say, hey, it went up from, you know, 60 to 68. You're like, that's not so bad. But you, once again, it's about 10 to 15 percent at least. So right. from that standpoint, and this is just copy paste year over year and uh it's pretty rare. I mean, it's pretty rare that you're going to see people move out in mass. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you see that $8 increase, it's not enough as at an individual level to move your personal needle to say, Oh man, $8, $5. I don't care. I'm not going to, I'm not going to change, make a change because of that. But from the operator's standpoint, you know, that five to $8 across thousands of units is a lot of money. It's tremendous. Yeah. And the timing of it. I mean, there is obviously there's a science. There's some folks that are uh, highly sophisticated for revenue management, but otherwise, frankly, even if it just raise rates, you know, once a year, you know, at least 95% of the folks are staying. Are yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. The, the stuff that people like the Christmas tree example. I mean, if you do the, do the math, it's like, well, you could just buy a new Christmas tree every year or buy these things every single year and you'd have new stuff and you wouldn't pay for the store. <laughs> and it, you'd be saving money. It's crazy how people get caught up in that. Um, and the other interesting point that you made that I really loved was the fact that you, you pointed out, you know, the housing cost increases, whether that's buying a house or renting a house, they're going up so dramatically that it makes more and more sense to have a storage facility because it, because the cost is so out of whack for if you had to store that, let's say in an extra bedroom or a garage or something that you have to buy or rent. Yeah. And you know, for, for folks that are fortunate that you can have what I'll call, you know, on-site storage in your garage or this or that, uh, you know, that's great. Most folks, particularly the more, say, urban you want to be uh, in your living space, in case you want to literally probably see it at least once a week, even if you're opening a closet and such, you want it out of sight, out of mind. And I would say, uh, and let's be realistic, it's tougher to buy a house. Uh, people want to have pride in themselves and their, their, where they live, where they see every day. You know, whether you're going from, uh, you know, Valentine's Day to St. Patrick's Day to the Easter Bunny to blah, 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 you know, all the way through. Uh, yeah, I think that's a benefit, too. I mean, as certain folks, relative, a fair percentage of our population feels that, you know, they have a, a smaller percentage of even if it's a bigger pie. I do think it's going to be helpful. I feel, you know, different cultures, different parts of the country. But, you know, once again, having where you can kind of flip things in or out and just feeling like you literally have more space and air in your house. I, I think that's something that folks are at least recognizing. And this is where storage comes in. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For, for some of our listeners out there, a lot of them are lawyers and doctors and have a W2 and they're not professional investors. You know, the concept of industrial, the concept of self-storage is a little bit more foreign than say, you know, multifamily because we've all lived in an apartment or a condo or something. So it's just very easy to wrap our heads around. And that's usually the first step that we make either as a passive investor or even, you know, active operators. There's, you know, so many people in that space because it's just easy to wrap your heads around, you know, where can they get started kind of educating themselves, at least getting comfortable with the idea of investing in something like self-storage or industrial um, so that they can take advantage of, of these awesome opportunities. Yeah, and, and that, you know, so if I appreciate our relationship and assume you have a close relationship with your listeners, uh, just reach out to me one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, LinkedIn is a great place. And I get it, some folks might not be on LinkedIn, but I'm guiding you here because I think a lot of uh, the great stuff that you post and folks in our close network, 
are very, even if somebody logs in once a week, you're going to gain a lot. So I, I'm kind of leading you here to my, you know, my, my swimming pool, but, um, you know, one-on-one, say you heard it here, you know, Seth and I were talking, you'd be more than happy to have a one-on-one for as deep a dive as you want on either of these asset classes or otherwise, you know, frankly, how you fund, whether it's through your liquid cash or from your retirement dollars, uh, for ex-military friends, you can use your TSP, uh, you know, if you have a husband-wife team on the real estate side, you can actually defer your taxes by over 100000 just a little tidbit there, you know, in the first year with the solo 401k. So if any of these little sound bites are of interest, uh, please reach out to me directly. Yeah, I think that's great advice, man. I think people are sometimes, you know, we always say, hey, just jump on a call with us, book a call. We'll chat with you about your, you know, your financial goals or any questions you might have. And a lot of people are just very reluctant to do that, to make that kind of one-on-one connection. But that's the best way to do it. If you hear someone on a podcast or read a book or, you know, see them on social media and they invite you to, to book a call with them, they mean it. I mean, they really want to reach out to you and, and educate you and get you comfortable with it, with making, you know, a good investment. Because once you, especially if you haven't done it before, once you do it once, it, it's kind of a game changer in your mind, in your mindset. And then you'll just see opportunities all over the place and, and you'll really, you know, kind of get the hang of it and, and it'll start accelerating. Touche, brother. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, before we jump into the Freedom Forward, do you have one last golden nugget for our listeners? Uh, yeah, and this is big and bold. And, you know, until I'm on my last breath, I'm going to say, did you know you can use your retirement dollars to invest passively in real estate? And for my sponsor friends, did you know your investors can use their retirement dollars to invest with you? Uh, and here's the proof point. For folks that have done this, let's talk about these sponsors first. Uh, sponsors that have regularly educated, and it can be literally that one sentence, maybe hyperlink it to something fun or like Rocket Dollars Knowledge Base, for example, which is rocketdollar.com slash learn. Uh, you tend to get about 10 to 20% of your raise done. You know, I like to joke, take off Friday because you have your raise done. Um, what's the feel-good scenario? You have a good friend, uh, you know, let's pick on, it's probably, the story's a little dated, but let's pick on our USC friends, you know, you got to do whatever you do to get your friend, your kids in USC, you're low on liquidity. All right, great. But you worked for a big company for 30 years. You can tap into that money to invest, you know, in your buddies, real estate, like startup, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then for... I think passive investors also, uh, the checkbook control is great. Why? Because there's going to be times you're going to hear something, you're going to have a good, strong gut feel you want to support, whether it's a certain demographic, DEI, you name it. You can do that with your retirement dollars, especially for us over 40. I mean, this is one life. This is one book of assets that we have. Don't wait that long and just be beholden to whatever, you know, the Fidelity year 2100 or 2050 fund is giving you. There's a lot more that you can do. And, you know, final point there is, uh, and all the stats say, you know, a dollar that you put into a community, uh, you know, on the other side of the tracks per se, that gets recycled three, four, five X times around. And that could be one of your retirement dollars that, you know, eventually kicks off that wonderful cycle. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, that's what we talk about when we say create your own economy. I mean, take control. A lot of people don't know what to do with their retirement account, with their money. They're like, okay, well, now that I've learned that I can actually roll it over into something that I can control, now what do I do with it? Well, educate yourself, see what yeah. you can do with it. It's something that's very important in your life. You shouldn't just say, here, financial advisor, put it in this fund and this fund and this fund, and then just roll with it and pray until you're 60 years old that it works out. 
Um, especially nowadays, you've seen the, the volatility in the market. It's, it's insane. Um, you, you need to be able to diversify into you know, more consistent assets, which a lot of times that ends up being real estate. But if you want to take on other ventures, invest in your own business or somebody else's business, you can also do that. For sure. And uh, we might hit in the Freedom Four, but I like to joke, if you can spell it, you can get it. Uh, D. Krizanowski, 12 letters, only one Z. Uh, that'll get you some change off your rocket dollar account and uh, for any sponsors uh, I, I really do think it's you once again if you're going to suggest your audience to use their retirement uh, you might want to try it out first just say uh, speak to me offline we'll make sure that you have a good experience yeah absolutely all right let's jump into the freedom four all right it's time for the freedom four what's the best thing you do to keep your mind and body healthy uh, very simple, and I won't show you here, but uh, every morning I, I just flip a 180 and put my legs up the wall. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure if I'm 100% meditating, but pretty close. But worst case, you're getting blood that flows from your legs back down and into your brain. So uh, it's a start. Whoa, man. I haven't heard of that one before. <laughs> we do that at Burn Boot Camp, but it's, uh, it's usually part of the workout. So that's, that's interesting, man. <laughs> With all your success, what is one limiting belief that you've crushed along the way and how do you get past it? Oof. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I've crushed it. Uh, how I'm getting past is I referenced, I mean, I grew up in, uh, in Scranton, PA. And the time that I grew up to, whether you were, you know, the, the kid of the CEO at the bank or super, super blue collar, everybody was in the same boat and it didn't matter. Uh, I referenced my parents both being in pension sort of environments, even going through war and, you know, you have so much of this, um, I don't say driven down my throat, but just around me, it took a good, I think 20 years to say, like, it's okay to be W, not, it's okay to never have a W2 again. It's okay to uh, have, you know, basically control over your schedule where you might be trading off a fair amount of income at time, but for life experiences. So, you know, for me that, uh, that's something that took a lot. And I totally empathize with folks that grew up in a similar, uh, you know, environment. Yeah, Dan, I, I have the same problem. I mean, I'm, I'm still getting over. It. I like to think that I'm, I'm over, it, but I'm not. I mean, it's still kind of there. It's still like, oh, I'm not getting, you know, this W-2 paycheck. There's something, there's something wrong with it. Because um, I grew up the same way in, in outside of Fairmont, West Virginia. You know, it's the same thing. We're all in the same boat. We're all working till we're 60, 65. Um, to get a retirement. And it, that's just the mindset that you grew up with. So it's really difficult to shake. Yeah. All right. What's one actual step our listeners can do right now to start creating more freedom? All right. Copy paste. Did you know you can use your retirement <laughs> dollars to invest in private real estate? Uh, I, I, and once again, just want to preface, uh, you're not taking your full every dollar retirement, or even if you have a financial <laughs> advisor. I mean, uh, frankly, to be dangerous, if you have 25, 50, 100K, move that over, put little checks with some, say, if, you know, if you're thinking multifamily or storage or otherwise, there's a lot of great sponsors out there that you can put in that have a solid track record. Uh, so like anything, it's, it's uh, for me, it was my light bulb moment. And I think for a lot of folks, uh, it's pretty beneficial to do so, you know, just do it. 
Yeah, for, for sure. And, you know, you can you can tiptoe your way into it. Obviously, there are some pretty big minimums on some of these deals, but, you know, you're not moving your, you don't have to move your entire retirement account over, or even if you do move it into a self-directed IRA or a solo 401k, you can still invest in mutual funds and stocks and bonds and all that stuff if you want to. Um, you still have that freedom, but that's the beautiful part about it is you have the freedom and flexibility to do what you want with that money. Um, and, and put it where you want to, rather than being subject to a lot more restrictions in the traditional um, sort of accounts. And, you know, that kind of goes back to another thing. It's, it's just trying to, you know, folks are like, well, I don't have $25,000 or $50,000 to invest. Well, you just got to start looking to see where you can find those funds. A lot of times it can be in your retirement account. It might be, you know, you can get a HELOC on your home, something like that. If you have hundreds of thousands of dollars locked up in, you know, the house that you live in, that's money that's not working for you. That's money you need to figure out a way to make that money work for you. And a lot of people, you know, they think that's risky. I, I don't think that it is. I think it's risky leaving it in there more yeah. than anything. All right. Last but not least, how has passive income made your life better? Um, time. I gained back, you know, my little guy just turned six on St. Patrick's Day. Uh, two things. One, just on a professional standpoint, if I want to go to, uh, you know, one of these great shows and hear from best of breed folks, I do. And then more in the, the micro, uh, I'm going to pick up my son from school today. We're going to get pizza. Uh, we're going to play, you know, play soccer and probably get healthy juice. Uh, and then, you know, that, and I know some of this is covered by passive income and not just writing a check, uh, but also becoming a little more sophisticated, knowing the type of K1, the type of this, uh, a whole lot of things like, cool, you might get an extra few thousand bump here on a net basis as you do your taxes because you know you align with a certain sponsor that fits your strategy so you know for me it's just been a factor of time and not to have to uh although obviously there are the oh shit moments that anybody that's no longer w2 would have but vis of v i mean 99 percent of the time it's just taking back control of your time especially as a parent or a parent later in life is just awesome so you know that's where we're at yeah, definitely. It's, it's the flexibility with your time. It's not, not that you have nothing to do, but, <laughs> but what you can do is move those things around for the things that are important, like, you know, spending time with your child and, and those, those small moments are, are huge ones. Sure. Yeah. All right, Dan, it's been great, man. We're going to listen to find out more about you. Yeah. Uh, LinkedIn is great. Uh, if you're not on LinkedIn, I guess, uh, Dan at Dan but I think LinkedIn is great. And, you know, once again, also, I think a lot of what I share, Seth, with you share and our common friends, LinkedIn does a really good job of, uh, you know, frankly, educating for folks if you connect or follow a few of us. So I think that's a great starting point and uh, in all sincerity, more than happy to take as much time as possible with any of your listeners to uh, expand on anything we discussed today. Awesome, brother. Appreciate that. All right, man, let's talk soon. Talk to you. Big Dan Krizanowski, an old friend of mine. Man, we go back a long ways at this point. Um, probably over a decade we've been friends. Um, really loved catching up with him. He had some incredible insights and, and dropped some awesome nuggets about self-storage investing and industrial investing, as well as self-directed IRAs, uh, which a lot of folks don't realize that they can do. They, they don't realize that you can take your traditional um, retirement accounts and roll them over into a self-directed IRA or a solo 401k and gain control over your financial future. And, and that's the key. By doing something like that, you take the control back from your financial advisors, 
back from these hedge fund managers and put it in your hands so you can decide your financial future and take back control of your life. All right. If you're ready to take the next step on your passive investing journey, but you just, you know, you don't have that confidence you need to invest, or you just feel like you need a little bit more education before you send somebody $50,000, $100,000 to invest in a commercial real estate deal, I've got something for you. It's called Passive Income Pro. I've been working on this for over a year, but it's a four-week program for you. Guaranteed to give you the knowledge and the confidence you need to invest in your first or your next passive real estate deal. Just go to PassiveIncomePro.io to get started. All right, kiddos, as always, enjoy the journey. Thank you for listening to the Passive Income Attorney Podcast with Seth Bradley. Do you want more ideas on how to generate multiple streams of passive income? Then jump over to PassiveIncomeAttorney.com for show notes and resources. Then apply for the private Facebook community by searching for the Passive Income Attorney on Facebook. And we'll see you on the next episode.